Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in cars going to festivals. So we're sitting here in the Magical Druid after having just finished our rehearsal for the Dublin Irish Festival, which will be in the past by the time you hear this. But it's essentially a large Irish festival here in Dublin, Ohio, where our grove, Three Cranes Grove, ADF, was asked to come in and do a Druid Sunday service. And the city of Dublin approached us uh, when they reached out to the pagan community and the pagan community reached out to them and we were the, I guess, the natural choice for who to come in and do a Druid service. Being the group that is committed to public ritual? Yes. (laughs) And so, for the past... uh, I think we're on year eight. I think we might be on year eight at this point. We've been doing this ritual, or a variation of it, in front of anywhere from 150 to 350 people. And that's weird from a Druid standpoint, because not only are we doing it in front of a lot of people, most of those people aren't pagan, some of them find the wrong tent because it's at the same time as all the mainstream Christian services. <laughs> and the Eucharist. And the Eucharist, which is where they play U2 songs <laughs> and do a Eucharist. It's amazing, and I've never gotten to see it because it's the same time we are. <laughs> but what we get to do is we get to, to come together and do this thing that's very unlike what we do otherwise. Yeah, and probably the biggest difference is the fact that we are on a stage and... Everyone who is attending the ritual is in rows in front of us. It's very, very stage and pews. Like, it's really weird. It looks a whole lot like <laughs> the regular church service that you would think other right. denominations or, or other uh, religions, would, religions have. would have. And that's strange for a bunch of people who are used to practicing in the round. Yes. So, we have to rehearse. And yeah. that's what we've just finished doing. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people are like, well, why do you have to rehearse? You do this all the time. Well, it's because we're on stage and we have to make sure that we're not like tripping over each other when we go to a microphone and that yes. everything is flowing in the right rhythm. Yes. And we do have microphones and, and sound equipment. There's a sound guy there. Yeah. Managing the microphones <laughs> for us. <laughs> and... And so it's it's just a completely different experience from what we typically do. And so we have to talk about, do you know how to talk into a microphone? Or, you know, do you know how to read off of a sheet of paper if you're going to read off a sheet of paper and not look like you are? 
but the best part about rehearsal is probably not going through the motions the and practice. talking about the blocking. It's not the practice. It is. I mean, we do need to do it for the practice, yes. <laughs> but the best part is that everyone is so happy when we do it. Yes. <laughs> like, it, us practicing are full of joy when we do it. We are. It's a very special thing for us to get to do this in the first place. And then to get to do it with the group that we are, I think is even more special. And then to bring it out to all these people, it's it brings out the best parts of us. Yes, but it also means that we have to bring out all of the silliness and ridiculousness and mistakes, and we have to do those tonight so that we don't do them on Sunday. Indeed. <laughs> and so we, we've put out new hand signals. We do. We Michael and I made little sickle fingers, like little hooks, when we were pretending to do the the waters portion of the rite. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have often had people stand on their tiptoes to, to show not how to speak into a microphone, <laughs> even if it's higher than you. Um, it's... We've spoken into a one of those lamps that has all the bulbs that go in different directions, and we used those as mics one time. Yes, we, we have pretended that things are mics that are not actually mics. Um, and we go through songs a whole lot faster. <laughs> I think Mike sang the entirety of his gate song in about... 30 seconds. If that. I was thinking 15. <laughs> and it's several lines long. And even got the tune down. But doing that piece and, and going through the motions and blocking, it helps people to know what they're walking into when they do this. I think it's also very interesting because, like, yes, we're a group that puts on public ritual and there's some sense of camaraderie just with that. But this rehearsal in particular is, like, really core bonding mm -hmm. time. Like, it, it really makes people who are new feel part of that in-group. Yes. Um, and I think, like, this is a right that, like, it's very formal, and so a lot of times new people can be scared off um, because you're up on a stage and you're talking into a microphone. In front of 300 people. In front of 300 people. But if you're coming to, if, if you have a part, if you've decided you're going to do that as someone who's new, you're, you're in the group. Like, you're part of the working team. The other thing that we do in this rehearsal is we we specifically talk to the new people and make sure that they know where they're, what they're doing and we give them pointers and, and practice and we're, we're very conscious about how comfortable they are and I think that helps a lot in that too mm -hmm. because a lot of times when we're setting up for ritual and we're working our way through ritual and, and it's, it's a cluster sometimes <laughs> because we're doing so many different things all at once and we don't have time to sit down and yeah. talk to individuals. Yeah, like looking at it kind of right now, kind of analyzing that, it's this is the right where we do the most to welcome people in, I think. I think so too. Um, both on a, like, you're a new member of the Grove or this is your first time taking a part, but also on like that wider scale of you have no idea what paganism is. Welcome to our tent. Yes. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, and once you've dressed up in druid whites um, and gone up on stage in front of 300 people 
and you're down because we don't collect donations donations during the service like a lot of churches do so we do it after the service yeah they they, they have us collect donations but we have to do it after because they, it's they not go to part the dublin food pantry instead of to us <laughs> um and we were very uncomfortable with the idea of offering plates yeah and passing them so we moved it to the end <laughs> yeah we just said we're not doing it we'll collect after so we collect for the dublin food pantry but that means that the people in in whites are also collecting the cash and the checks and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff um, because they're easily identifiable, which means they also get all the questions. Yep. And so you get kind of thrown into the deep end there answering those questions. Yeah, but I think it's a great, a great thing. It is. And I'm looking forward to our next step, which is gathering all the things in the car, driving our way <laughs> down there, hopefully getting there early enough to set up without any... Well, and I have to play music beforehand you also have to play music um but getting ourselves ready and into that space i'm looking forward to that too which is our next segment on this podcast yeah all right so it's early sunday morning and the sun is really bright it is we're driving right into it on our way up for the Dublin Irish festival and getting ready to set up for the ritual Assuming we have everything. We've now stopped and gotten our canned goods so that we can donate when we go in the gate. Right. And I repacked our hallows last night so that we weren't bringing in a whole bunch of stuff we weren't going to use. Yeah, we have a lot of different things, but for this right, we're very pared down, actually. Yeah, well, and I didn't, like, I unpacked all of the candles and all of the lighters and all of the incense. Because no fire. We can't have fire, so. And use that empty space to put our fancy lantern in, so. So we do have a, a lovely fancy lantern from uh, Sincora Studios up in uh, Cleveland, actually. And the the nice thing about it is that it gives us the image of fire. We have our representation of fire. We don't have to have actual flickering flame, which is great because, you know, they don't allow us to have flame up on stage. It does have a flickery candle or a flickery uh, light bulb in it. It does. And electricity is fire, so it all works. <laughs> we have to get there extra early because I have to play at 9.30 instead of the right starting at 10. That's true. Because we do a, a musical preset. Which is always lovely. It and is. I think it really adds to the service. I think we've done it every year. I think the first year Missy played... Um, yeah, the first year she played is like, a, crap, there's people arriving, and hmm, we should cover some of this yes. silence. <laughs> um, and now it's just become a thing and part of the... Um, expectation? <laughs> yeah, part of the expectation and part of the service we provide. Yeah, it does require us to get there much earlier than we typically would and get everything set up. And then it also provides kind of an overlapping setup issue. Yeah. Because we have to have almost everything set up before you guys start, which is a half an hour before the Grove starts the right. Yeah, I mean, it's not that bad. It's the fact that there are hands that are typically helping out with setup that are occupied playing. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> it does give us a nice opportunity for sound check, though. I like to think of it as less hands in the kitchen. There is that. <laughs> there is certainly that. That's what we forgot was my guitar. Should we go back for it? Yes. <laughs> we will go back for your guitar. Knew we forgot something. There it is. <laughs> 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 All right, take two.
We have a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's another, right? I say, it's always something. Always something. That's all right. The process of getting ready for a 350-plus person ritual is different. Yeah, well, especially because, like, it's all the things that we don't normally pack that we have to, which means you forget about the things that you normally pack. Yep. And it's early in the morning, and, and that just changes all the things that we have to figure out around. Because it's not our normal process of walking out the door. Yeah. We haven't had a, a full day to kind of get ourselves ready for it. Yeah, normally I prep all the last minute stuff, you know, around 11 o'clock. Yeah, that, that's... <laughs> for our... That's when we'll be getting what, off stage today. Two o'clock <laughs> rituals, but yeah, this one's early. I think one of the things that I like about doing this ritual, though, is that because it's early in the morning, because people get free entrance into to Dublin, we get a, a large crowd of people that we don't typically get, and that is kind of nice. Yeah, I've noticed the same thing when we do the... Um, the dawn summer solstice rite. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who, like, can't make Sunday rites or can't make evening rites, but can make a rite before they go to work. Yeah. So it's kind of that similar, it's a different time, and so different people are able to make it. I think that's kind of a key thing for <coughs> what we do. We're kind of stuck, mostly because we have a lot of kids in the grove right now. And for us to do something late in the evening or, you know, on a night that isn't, abnormal is sometimes very hard for us but there's a lot to be said for kind of moving your ritual times around yeah I do like the way we do druid moons how we do it on the sixth night no matter what Yeah. because it moves that day around so if people always work on Tuesday nights or whatever the druid moon isn't always going to be on a Tuesday night right so that works out actually really well for me because since I do childcare three nights a week, I just can't make it to yeah. a large number of these things. And it's nice to be able to go to one from time to time. Mm-hmm. Statistically, you should be able to go to several, but it just depends what year it is. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> what are you excited to see when we get there to, to do in, in this rite in, in particular? Well, I was really excited about doing a two-voice story <laughs> and gender-bending Lou, but... <laughs> you know. Um, These things happen. I know, I know. We, uh, the original plan, of course, was to do that, but then with events that have unfolded, we've been unable to yeah. to rework it. Things pop okay. up, and it's okay. Yeah, it doesn't help that we had the idea at the last minute either. Uh, yeah, well... But for future reference. Yes, that. <laughs> when, when we look at the future stories, we can always try and do that. So. Yeah. Or maybe we can tell the same story next year and do it then. Maybe. I, I'm not opposed to that. We are on a three year plus one cycle at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think the like ritual piece that I like most about this raid is actually waters. Yeah. Because we don't often do waters together. Right. Um, and it so is, that's... It is one part. Right. And, or we, we consider it one part to be assigned. 
here, we get to both do the work. We get to both do it. And and because there's so many people, it needs both of us to actually, like, pass out the waters. It sure well, does. sprinkle the waters, <laughs> spurge them. But, um, yeah. Everyone keeps shooting down my idea of using super soakers. Not so much shooting it down as or considering that it might not be the most appropriate spot to do it. <laughs> we totally want to do it, though. Comfest. Comfest is probably the right one. <laughs> Load those waters. <laughs> Spray them upon the folk. Warn people so they don't just wear white t-shirts. <laughs> How about you? What's your favorite part? I think my favorite part really is seeing the number of people who show up. When we did this the first time, it was just before Isaac passed. And when Isaac Bonowitz wrote the vision of ADF, uh, he talked about live televised rights for Belton and Salon from Stonehenge and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in a different media age, and it's not a time slot on someone's television schedule anymore it's but broadcasting is significantly easier mm-hmm. and being able to do this was a big thing for us especially that year and being able to get him a copy mm-hmm. of what we had done before he passed whether he ever saw it or not um, yeah but it was a nice um Mark in that point of the growth of the organization, really. Mm -hmm. And to have done it every year since, and to literally televise this stuff. Right. uh, Because you can watch these on your television. You just gotta have an internet connected television. Yeah. It was, it's it's lovely. Mm -hmm. And once we had passed that milestone, and once we could live broadcast them, it felt like this is something that we should move on from. So we've we've made that step. What's the next one? And that's kind of what this right is for me, is seeing all those people, some of whom aren't druids, they just show up for the curiosity factor, right. some of them show up because they stepped into the wrong tent and were looking for a Gaelic mass, and uh, they stick around, and they watch, and they hang out with us. And they come back year after year. And they come back year after year. It's awesome. And that's the part that I think I like the best about doing this. So. But yeah. Next step is set up. Yep. And then we'll see how that goes. Actually, next step is loading everything onto our cart and pushing it across a field. (laughs) And hoping that our new tires don't give way. (laughs) And then set up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It'll be a joy. It will. Air conditioning. Oh man, it is so hot. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, I think, quite a successful ritual. Yeah, it went really well. The uh, we had what 248 people was our count mm-hmm. for getting there. Yep. And we had another 179 watching online, according to Facebook, when we closed off. So. That's exciting. 
I would call that a public ritual success. I would as well. We got everything started right around 9.30 in terms of music, which was good. We got started right on time. Mm-hmm. And then we got ritual itself started also pretty much right on time, which was nice. And then it turned out that we didn't actually have any place to, uh, or any time in between to break down. So it's a good thing that we ended a little bit earlier than expected. Yeah, because that had to be kind of quick. Yeah. But we've done it enough times now that it wasn't a a huge deal. Yeah, I think our average uh, ritual there is clocking in right around 45 to 50 minutes, and we probably hit right around that. Yeah. I need to teach other people how to Tetris the Hallows, though. Yes. <laughs> because they had just, like, dumped everything in. Like, where do all these things go? So I unpacked it and repacked it so that it all fit. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's a little bit different this time around because it was a slightly different mix of things. And we only had one toad instead of two. Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, a, it was a good ride. Yeah, I thought our omens were really, really good, too. Uh, our omens were extremely on point. Yes. They... We had, um... Uh, the choice of love. Yeah, choosing love, um, healing, and cleansing. And rising up. Yeah. <laughs> Buoyancy, specifically. It was a, a fairly fabulous omen for the kinds of things that we were talking about. Yeah. And... It lent itself very nicely to the kinds of things that we said both before and after yeah. uh, as we went through. The music went really well. I was very pleased with how the music fit. Yeah, it was just it was all around. It was a good ride, as it yeah. often is. And you said that you had people... Um... Oh, yeah. I had... So we usually get good comments after this. But in the last few months to the last year, we've really started kind of updating our language to intentionally be more inclusive. And I had two different people who'd never been to our rights before come up to me afterwards and appreciate the specific non-binariness of our gender terms and deities. Right. Because we call out to the, the gods, goddesses, and godden. Yes. For our, for our shining ones. And that word, godden, in particular, G-O-D-D-E-N, um, really resonated, I think, with a couple of folks who were out there and audience yeah Um, and also our website has apparently made an impression as well because when they were looking through uh, one of the people mentioned that as they were looking through the website it was very clearly um, inclusive and explicitly welcoming explicitly welcoming space yes and they were very appreciative of that so we're we're doing a good job advertising so yay yeah yeah but yeah, doing version for 248 people is is different, and yeah. but I think we've gotten it to a point where we it feels good. Yeah, I mean, we will both still have to have the hit by a truck tomorrow feeling. Yeah, that happens I'm, after every right. But I mean, it's already creeping up on me. <laughs> but no, it's it was a good a good right and a lot of fun, and there are things I think to talk about in terms of flow and. Mm-hmm stuff like that, but all around, it was good. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. 
We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something that you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsincars at threecranes.org. If you would like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids in Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.